0: Pucks, oh, and it, yes! and it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. He your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy
1: Graham brings it down. And that is a touchdown, New
0: Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. <laughs> oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. Kicking off Week 16, Jeff. Thursday night Ooh. football. Short one, short week for the Black and Gold. Short week for the Rams. Uh, they're the home team, though, in this matchup. And... Two seven and seven squads fighting for playoff positioning. What more could you ask for this time of year? <laughs>
1: we're traveling, baby. Yeah, we're getting out there. We're getting out to LA. You know, uh, we were just talking about this off, off, off the uh, off air. I guess off the recording, whatever. I don't off know. I, I don't, right. that, but yeah, the, the funny thing is, like people think about the flight out west, but I don't think a lot of people realize that. So the team doesn't stay there. The team <laughs> flies <laughs> back immediately after the game. So that. The, the the Saints team plane is going to land in New Orleans or Kenner, I guess, if you're trying to be specific about 5 a.m. Central time. Yeah. You know, like in terms of, I actually think a Thursday night game would be preferable to a Sunday. Like, you know, what would be really miserable and would actually impact this team the following week would be if this was a Sunday night game out West. I was thinking about that. Like, because you're uh, getting, because it's kind of the same thing. You're not staying. You're flying back. So, like that five a.m. return on Monday would be way more miserable. Like at least you get the time off on the back end. But yes,
0: and especially since Monday is a huge holiday, obviously.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> like whoever's playing, who who who's got the Sunday night game uh, this week? Let's see. I want to see now. I know we
0: got games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday.
1: Yeah. So the Sunday night game on December twenty fourth, which is obviously Christmas Eve. So the Broncos. So the Patriots. Yeah, what a terrible road trip. You want to talk about the Saints? The Patriots, an East Coast team, are going west to face the Broncos. And then I assume, I mean, I'm just assuming they'll do the same thing and they'll fly back. So that right. would be an even later return. So you're talking about that team on Monday, knowing they have to play the following Sunday. Uh, so like their entire their week is normal we'll be getting back at like 6 a.m. You know, it doesn't really matter because they have nothing left to worry about in terms yeah. of performance. Uh, so I guess in, in the grand scheme, it's like if any team had to deal with that. it's Anyway, so, you know, I, I just think it's funny to talk about travel and like the, one of the most annoying elements of the travel is actually the trip back when you're coming back from the West Coast and you're losing that time. Uh, so that's why I think that 10 day break before the Bucks game is actually very helpful. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. This is uh, like you said. This is a podcast about the Saints. This inside black and gold. This is not Jeff's travel tips. Um, and so we're gonna be talking about the Saints, Rams. We're gonna. I have a rant that I'm gonna get off because this is kind of my Friday rant session. I need to have like my you know my Friday sermon. I guess is kind of what it's become at this point. You and Demario. I have another one. Yeah, we, we 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 handle it differently, but you know it's the same same general idea. Uh, we can also talk about Demario because I think his 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 sermon this week worked. Yes, indeed. And, uh, th- there was some evidence of it, which was kind of funny because I didn't like I, I, you saw it. But anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, second segment. It's going to be kind of a, a special edition. I got to chat with Charlie Long on Sports Talk on the Saints Hour, really on Monday, right? What's today? Tuesday? Tuesday? Tuesday. No, on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> um, I know. On Tuesday, the week's
1: all messed up. And so it's going to be that. That's going to be the second segment. The final segment is going to be X factors as usual. We also got some interesting audio from mark slareth i want to play that he had some uh, interesting takes on you know how the saints are going to handle this trip out to la and how they should be approaching this game with the rams um so uh, i want to play that but this first segment i want to get into also you know the injury report and what to expect for that we're recording this on wednesday morning so we don't have the final injury report yet so anything that seems a little dated just keep in mind that we're going off of the Thursday or the Tuesday injury report, which would be technically a Thursday injury report, but we're, I can, we we have a pretty good idea of what that's going to look like, but, but first things first, you know, a few weeks back, I went into a rant about the booing at the dome. And, you know, some people disagreed with that. Some people didn't get what I was saying. Some people did and thought i told me I'm an idiot, whatever, but I am Homer. Uh, but one of the, the, the main thing I was trying to get across is, is you're creating a toxic environment, and when you create a toxic environment, everyone has to live in it. There's no poisoning the well for one person. If you poison the well, everyone who drinks out of that well deals with the product of what, what, what you put in that well. right? And it's like, you can do that. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just telling you that the results of that are what they are you are making a choice to be toxic and don't be surprised when the results of that are a toxic environment and this week it's been it's been interesting because i've seen a few takes of people saying that that dennis allen is positioning the saints and the fan base on different sides of of the of the you know the the trench here of he's positioning the saints and the fans Apart from each other, as if the fans are the enemy and the and the team is is this. And so it's like, no, if if you wanted to create a toxic environment, that's what you did. And now that's the environment the team is just existing in. And so I just think it's funny. It's like it's like, if you're gonna boo, go ahead. Like, I'm not telling you not to boo, but don't act surprised when the team hears you and reacts to that. And that's I tweeted something along those lines, and everyone. Every time I tweet about like the the environment in the dome, everyone thinks like I'm telling I'm like telling them, you know, I'm holier than now and like don't fan the way you want to fan. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like if you're going to make a choice to create a toxic environment and not support the team. And everything that happens that's good, there's a caveat of why it was actually not that good, and everything that happens that's bad, it's fire everybody, clean house, tear it down, start over. This sucks. I don't like it then then, that's the environment. But don't be angry at the team for finding a way to thrive within that environment because that's all they can do. I guarantee you, the team would much rather be rallying around the support that's coming from the majority of the fan base. But if it's not there, then they have to survive the only way they can. And that's all and when i when my rant earlier, when I was talking about, you know, if you're at a supermarket and you can't buy the kid the candy bar because he threw a temper tantrum, like that's what I'm saying. Like the players are just reacting to the environment that has been created around them. And the fact that they've been able to to do that, right? I think there's a chance you look back at this season and you look back at the second quarter against the Lions, and you say, that was the turning point where this team had the choice to do what the Chargers did a few weeks later. They were down twenty-one, nothing going into the second quarter. You know what happened? They lost sixty-three to fourteen against the Raiders team that got shut out a week earlier, right? Like they quit. This team had the exact same opportunity to quit, and instead, they came back and they fought in that game. They ended up they lost, but they, it was a thirty-three to twenty-eight loss that you lost your quarterback, and you have probably had a chance if you if you still had your starting quarterback in there, you might have gotten to win. And I think there's a there's a chance that you go to the end of the season, you look back at that moment that second quarter against the Lions as the kind of fulcrum of like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to have some pride and we're going to fight and we're going to turn this thing into something to be proud of, or are we going to wilt and say, the fans don't like us. They're mad. They're booing and whatever. So like that's, that's what you have. And I'm, I'm thrilled for this team that they've been able to kind of overcome that to the extent that they have. And I'm hopeful that they can continue that. But if your goal is to go into that building and boo whenever you have the opportunity to boo, which is whenever anything happens, that is not something that you're happy about. Like whenever there's this possession that ends in a field goal instead of a touchdown, which is what happened to the first <laughs> offensive possession against the Panthers. They drove down the field and then got held to a field goal. And there was booze in that. Right. Like, come on
0: guys. Right.
1: That, you went in that building planning to boo with a first sign yeah. of anything going wrong. And so if that's the environment you're creating, don't get mad at the players. For reacting to that environment, that's all I'm saying, and that's all I was saying. And now it's like it's like okay, can you? I don't know. I thought that game last week was a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that if you get into Week 18 and you have that chance to kind of win out and go to the Super or, <laughs> Super Bowl. I'm sorry, that's that's a long way off. Go to the playoffs. I hope that that's that's the re, the environment you get. But I just thought it was funny. It's like, like now you're you're acting like these the players should be like, yeah, I know you were against us, but now it's like, yeah, we're we're good. Let's do it. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Uh, to, to me, the
0: biggest thing is as much as for the fans, at least, that if they want to believe this team has quit on Dennis Allen, the players have shown have. multiple times from last year and this season, that's not the case. They play hard for him. They do have pride. And, yeah, I I love what you're saying there. That was kind of like a turning point that, that you know, uh, do or die moment maybe. where It's like, what, what team are we really going to be? Are we going to l- let this team – the Lions just run all over us and get embarrassed and mail it in the rest of the way. Are we going to stand up and do something about it? And yeah, much respect to all the the leaders on this squad. Nobody's giving up here, including players, coaches, whatever. The Saints ain't quitting folks.
1: <laughs> yeah, we went, we went into the locker room last week. And one of the things that happened this past week and, and, Mickey Loomis confirmed this, Dennis Allen confirmed this is, you know, and initially it was that Dennis Allen was the, was the kind of, impetus behind it but i think it was actually demario based on what mickey said is he challenged the veterans and i don't know who purchased the gas cans but (laughs) there was these red gas cans at everyone's locker and it was like kind of like okay how much gas do you have in the tank right kind of like visual aid i don't know like teams like to do that right sean Pitt would do that it's corny unless it works and then it's motivational, right? Right. And you know, I think what the performance you saw against the Giants was a good indicator that, especially from DeMario, like if you're gonna throw that gauntlet down, you better come out and deliver. And he did. And he set the tone. And and like that, that performance more than anything else. Like, I thought the offense played well in that game, but like the way the defense played was inspired. And I just thought so. One thing that happened that was funny in the locker room is uh Landon Young is just this country dude, right? A guy who I'm sure, you know, has uses a lot of gas on his. I don't know, whatever ranch he grew up on, right? Like, I just assume he grew up on a ranch somewhere. Uh, <laughs> he walks out of the locker room. So everyone has them, but I'm sure not everyone has the need for a, like a, like a, a, this, like a gas tank. He walks out of the locker room. He's carrying like six of them. <laughs> like He just like loaded up with these like um, portable gas tanks. And uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but like that's the message that was given throughout this team uh, last week. And it, they delivered and now you have a chance to go deliver on that again. And uh, you know, I think it's going to take an inspired performance to go out West and be the Rams team. That's playing well, that has a really good offense. I think their defense is kind of suspect. I think they forced turnovers, but other than that, I don't know what they do. Well, um, Aaron Donald's obviously very good. You're going to need it again. And so, yeah, I, I, I just think like, to me, you look at it and you say, you're, you're, you're making it. You, you have the choice. You have the choice for how you are going to, how you are going to approach this final three games from from a support perspective from a uh do I want to have a good time watching this team play perspective right and you have a chance to get excited about something you know uh and it's like if you don't, that's on you that's that's kind of how i'm how I'm approaching it and uh, that's it that's the end of my sermon but
0: and I, I think yeah. we've talked about it too plenty of times players and coaches ain't
1: playing for draft picks right now. No, they're playing to win games, man. They're playing to win games. Um, and speaking of winning games, let's go through the injury report. Yeah. Um, just kind of what we're looking at as we head into that, that week 16 matchup against the Rams, right? And, you know, the, again, we don't have the final injury report yet because that's going to come out like right before the team takes off. And I have to be on that plane. So it's not like I can, we can record this afterward. Yeah, the Saints wouldn't mind you live broadcasting from their plane. Yeah, I don't think they would be huge fans of that. <laughs> but you know, from an injury report perspective, I think the Saints are in pretty good shape, right? So the only DMPs that you had on Tuesday, which you know, still not a real practice, it's a walkthrough, so you're getting an estimated injury report effectively. But so Isaiah Foskey, Lonnie Johnson, not a huge surprise. Not having Isaiah Foskey is very frustrating, but you know, it's it's kind of like you're you're where you are, where you 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 are where you are with that. He tried to come back from that quad injury, clearly re-aggravated it, and it's you know I, I'd be surprised if you get him back. But he's not on IR, so clearly, like, that would indicate that you think he's going to come back. Um, the other DMP that that is actually a concern, and I actually think it's going to be a surprise if he plays is Ryan Ramchick. Um, He didn't play last week. He's and, and like I I have said this, I have some serious concerns about like the long term ability of him to play through his contracts. Cause he's a, uh, you know, what is he 30? You know, he's, he's getting to that point where, you know, the, the, the health kind of creeps up on you and he's already off every Wednesday. Right. It's like, right. So- You've been managing that knee all season long and you are now missing games because of it. Yeah. And it's again, like I said, this, I asked Dennis Allen if this was like an injury and he said, not really. It's just like kind of this culmination, this accumulative burden on that knee yeah, and it's like, and I almost think like they're kind of trying to play it so he can get it some time off and maximize it. And maybe those last two weeks you can get him back, but that's not a good. You've invested a lot of money in Ryan Ramchick, and he's supposed to be your star yeah. right tackle. And if you're not dealing with, you're not even dealing with an injury. Like Turan would miss time, but it was because he like broke his elbow and shit like that. Like, <laughs> like this is just a this is just not good. And so right, wear yeah, and tear hopefully right it's, a, it's like because you're gonna have that every season like if now you're looking at a guy who you don't think can make it through a full season he's under contact for three more years and you're on the hook for a lot of money and you don't really have you know it's like Landon Young I think has played well and and, I, and I'm happy to see that he's performing well but oh, gosh like you're already kind of at a deficit with Trevor Penning because you know I, while I don't think you quit on him yet you know it's obviously not gone the way you would hoped he's, he's on those field goal units. yeah right He's on the, like, he's not even a backup. Not even a backup. Nope. That's wild. And so, like, that's that's concerning me. So, anyway, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays because I think you're setting the stage for him not playing if you aren't even able to get him practicing limited in a walkthrough. So, that's one thing. But there is good news. Chris Alave, Kendra Miller both returned. Chris Alave, I think, is certainly going to play <laughs> unless he has a setback of any kind with that ankle, which I don't know what kind of setback you would have. hes They're not really practicing to have a setback. Right. Um, he's going to keep getting rehab, but I think he's going to go. And the question is, is he on a pitch count? And what is it? I think he will be on a pitch count, just like Rashid was last week. But having him out there at all is obviously a bonus. The other guy who came back that I don't expect him to play this week is Kendra Miller. He has, this is his first practice since week nine. Poof. And so, you know, it's almost, I almost look at it kind of like Peyton Turner. Like Peyton Turner has been practicing. He's limited. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too, right? He's coming back from IR. And so it's going to like just being just practicing is not a sign that you're ready to play when you've been out that long. And Kendrick Miller, you know, they didn't put him on IR, but he's been out more than four weeks. Like, so I think they're getting him back this week kind of so that they can hopefully have him back week 17, week 18. But, you know, I heard a lot of people like I saw some reports saying that he was shut down for the season when they signed James Washington. And I was like, that's not right. Not accurate. Yeah, like there's so just like in incorrect injury updates. Because like getting him back, you know, people are saying, well, he didn't do anything. He's been their only explosive play running back this season. Like not, not exaggerating. And Alvin's been good. Alvin's been very good. But there's only been two plays of 30-plus yards from running backs this season. Kendra has both of them. One was week five against the Patriots uh, on kind of a screen pass and one was week nine against the Bears on a screen pass, and that's the play he got injured on. So I was going like, to say what's, what's interesting, too, there,
0: both are on receptions.
1: It wasn't even a, a true running play. Right. Well, I just think like he adds an element that you kind of can incorporate in your offense, and he's blocked pretty well, right? And so, yeah. it, you know, if it was final two weeks, if you end up with an injury, you really do need – like you, having that extra body is valuable. So that's a good sign. Obviously, you mentioned Peyton. He's still kind of working back from – the toe injury uh but you know he he's not playing this week he hasn't been ret- he hasn't returned to practice but I think he's another guy who maybe some reinforcements on the pass rush over the final couple weeks of the season the interesting and this is the last note I have Cam Jordan he's been limited with an ankle injury and I talked to him a bit about that injury yesterday in the locker room and so he his initial injury was a shin injury suffered against Atlanta it was a shin injury but it's kind of on that fringe it was like the, <laughs> the you know Uh, like the the ligament or whatever your knee and your 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 ankle and your shin it's kind of on the border of a ankle injury so they went with ankle injury it's like at a certain point your ankle is your shin right like it kind of just so it's right there but he also compounded that the next week with a low ankle sprain so he is still significantly limited and I asked Dennis Allen you know how much of cam's role right now is the injury versus things just working the way you wanted with a limited role in terms of he's a rundowns player right now and he said you know like he, he indicates like yeah a lot of it is based on what can you do and right now that that ankle injury is still significantly limiting him as he tries to get up the field and kind of get that bend around so he's not a he's not a good option on pass downs and it's And it's part in part because Zach Bond has been playing well. And so you can get away with that. Um, But also like that injury, it's like, if you think like he's just kind of, you know, old and not like he's playing through a significant ankle injury right now. And so like, that's, I am curious to see what happens when he is back to full health. Although I don't know if that's going to be this season. I think this is just going to be one of those things that he deals with. And fortunately for the saints, you've been able to find a solution in Zach Bond that is effective. Uh, but you know, I I I think he's I think he is dealing with much a much more significant injury than a lot of people realize.
0: Definitely sad when your Iron Man is, you know, not as untouchable as he once was. Well, but no, but this is
1: why he's an Iron Man. Yeah, he just playing, plays through it. He's playing through an injury that I guarantee you would shut down a lot of players. Probably right. right. Because he takes pride in that And he's just, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And he's, he called himself kind of a player coach, right? Like he's had to be, um, and like, I talked to him about like, there was a clip of him on the the mic mic'd up package where he was kind of working with Zach Bond on like his like hand placement and release and kind of how to get under. Um, and like, that's kind of how he is uh, impacting games despite being very limited. Um, but I also think, you know, having him as a rundowns player, is valuable because that's always been his best skill. He, he's the Saints leader in sacks, the Saints career leader in sacks, but his best skill has always been a rundowns defense, as, as a rundowns end. Um, And, you know, when you come out of a game holding Saquon Barkley to under two yards per carry, you know, that's, it, especially considering it's been an area that has seriously impacted this team's ability to win. You know, that's a, that's a good sign. I asked him, to, well, what went well? And he's like, we just got the job done. Like, we did it. We knew we could do it. We just played better, and that's kind of what Colin said as well after the game. Colin Saunders, and um, that's that's it. That's the end of the injury report on the on the Ram side. There's really not a ton to talk about. Right. You know, Trey Tomlinson and Joe Noteboom are the two DMPs. They had four of the guys on the injury report. All were full participants. So tackle Rob Havenstein, defensive back Akeo Weatherspoon, wide receiver two Atwell, running back Ronnie Rivers, which. Ronnie Rivers kind of sounds like a used car salesman. Hey, so Ronnie like, Rivers. Ronnie Rivers, uh, Mitsubishi and Cadillac. You know, Come on down. I don't know if there's any Mitsubishi Cadillac dealers, but you get the idea. <laughs> like, we'll get you rolling today. Come see Ronnie Rivers. Yeah, double R. Yeah. Uh,
0: the, the the question now is, what what kind of motivation this team going to find for going out west on this short week? I know you said Landon Young took all the gas cans, so what's, what's
1: next up to inspire? I don't know. Maybe Landon Young has a cookout. I don't know. (laughs) I do appreciate Landon Young. I I really do. He is—he's a very funny guy. He's got a lot of personality and that accent, you know. Yeah, uh, I talked to him about Lynn Bowden because they were teammates at Kentucky, and it's just like there's that energy that's around the team that like you you lose when things are going badly, but when you know it's like you can get on a roll, right? And we've talked about this um, when you can string wins together, when you can win three, four or five games in a row, you make the postseason. That's just what happens when you can't, when you can only get these two game winning streaks, three games, right. even you, you don't, you know, you make life so much more difficult on yourself. And if the saints can't find a way to win four, maybe five games in a row, I don't think they make the playoffs. So this is where you are. And you know, like the, they're, uh, we don't have to talk about the atmosphere in the, in the building because yeah. I assure you that the, You know, the Rams fans are not going to be particularly loud because they never are because there aren't that many of them. Not nobody on the bandwagon. Uh, And it's going to rain. It never rains in South southern L.A., but it's supposed to rain this weekend. So we're going to – it's probably going to be raining in that building again because uh, Southern California decided we're going to build an indoor football stadium that – Worth billions. Rains inside. (laughs) But, I mean –
0: you mentioned that, too. It's like you, you got to win, string some wins together. It's really wild when you look at even the AFC, too. But the NFC, the standings uh, with three games left to go, how many 500 teams there are uh, right now. And, I can't, you know, obviously, Saints fans aren't happy with 500. But you look at the rest of the league, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say they're on par with a lot of the, the rest of the the ball clubs in this in the NFC. But it's been a really weird
1: and down season, I feel like. Yeah, and uh, you know that's it's a good segue because that's a big part of what myself and Charlie talked about in the Saints Hour last night. So uh, we could we'll get into that, you know, and and yeah, I like uh, one of the things that was funny is I watched that Seahawks game, the Seahawks Eagles game, and I I wasn't even thinking about the standings. I was just like, wow, it'd be pretty cool if Drew Locke drove for 30 93 <laughs> yards and threw a game winning touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigba here, and that's <laughs> I, I I didn't think that exactly, but you know that's what he did. And, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then I looked and I was like, son of a bitch. Damn this it. This was bad. <laughs> like, the Saints would have been way better off if the Seahawks had lost because now the Seahawks are 7-7. Seven and seven. They'll have a better conference record. And they have three games left against teams that they should beat. So in terms of like the wild card, if the Saints do end up having to go, so say they beat the Rams this week and then lose to the Bucks and beat the Falcons, right? End up 9-8, and eight, don't win the NFC South. There's still a wild card in play, but that Seahawk sure. win really damaged that because now it's like, well, crap. You know, anyway, it's, <laughs> it's funny. We talked about that. So let's let's close out this segment. Um, we're going to come back, play that, and then we'll get into X-Factors to close out the show. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. I'm going to be flying out to LA. He's going to be hanging around here doing his thing. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Uh, if you can follow me at Jeff underscore Noah, you can follow him at Steve Geller, WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod, and you can check out the latest news notes and analysis at wwl.com Who dat? We will be right back.